Chapter 18 of Plunkett of Tammany Hall A Series of Very Plain Talks on Very Practical Politics This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Mike Venditti Plunkett of Tammany Hall A Series of Very Plain Talks on Very Practical Politics By George Washington Plunkett Chapter 18 On the Use of Money in Politics the civil service gang is always howling about candidates and office holders putting up money for campaigns and about corporations chipping in. They might as well howl about giving contributions to churches. A political organization has to have money for its business, as well as a church. And who has more right to put up than the men who get the good things that are going? Take, for instance, a great political concern like Tammany Hall. It does missionary work like a church. It's got big expenses, and it's got to be supported by the faithful. If a corporation sends in a check to help the good work of the Tammany Society, why shouldn't we take it like other missionary societies? Of course, the day may come when we'll reject the money of the rich as tainted. But it hadn't come when I left Tammany Hall at 11.25 a.m. today. Not long ago, some newspapers had fits because... The assemblyman from my district said he put up $500 when he was nominated for the assembly last year. Every politician in town laughed at these papers. I don't think there was a, even a citizen's union man who didn't know that candidates of both parties have to chip in for campaign expenses. The sum they pay are according to their salaries and the length of their terms of office, if elected. Even candidates for the Supreme Court have to fall in line. A Supreme Court judge in New York County gets 17500 a year, and he's expected, when nominated, to help along the good cause with a year's salary. Why not? He has 14 years on the bench ahead of him, and 10,000 other lawyers would be willing to put up twice as much to be in his shoes. Now, I ain't saying that we sell nominations. That's a different thing altogether. There's no auction and no regular bidding. The man is picked out, and somehow he gets to understand what's expected of him in the way of a contribution, and he ponies up, all from gratitude to the organization that honored him. See? Let me tell you an instance that shows the difference between selling nominations and arranging them. In the way I described, a few years ago, a Republican district leader controlled the nomination for Congress in his congressional district. Four men wanted it. At first, the leader asked for bids privately, but decided at last that the best thing to do was to get the four men together in the back room of a certain saloon and have an open auction. When he had his men lined up, he got on a chair, told about the value of the goods for sale, and asked for bids in regular auctioneer style. The highest bidder got the nomination for $5,000. Now, that wasn't right at all. These things ought to be always fixed up nice and quiet. As to officeholders, they would be ingrates if they didn't contribute to the organization that put them in office. They needn't be assessed. That would be against the law. But they know what's expected of them, and if they happen to forget, they can be reminded polite and courteous. Dan Donegan, who used to be the Wiskinski of the Tammany Society, and received contributions from grateful officeholders, had a pleasant way of reminding. 
If a man forgot his duty to the organization that made him, Dan would call on the man, smile as sweet as you please, and say, You haven't been around at the hall lately, have you? If the man tried to slide around the question, Dan would say, It's getting off cold. Then he would have a fit of shivering and walk away. What could be more polite, and at the same time more to the point? No force, no threats. Only a little shivering, which any man is liable to, even in the summer. Just here, I want to charge one more crime to the infamous civil service law. It has made men turn ungrateful. A dozen years ago, when there wasn't much civil service business in the city government, and when the administration would turn out to almost any man hold an office, Dan's shiver took effect every time, and there was no ingratitude in the city departments. But when the civil service law came in, and all the clerks got lead-pipe cinches on their jobs, ingratitude spread right away. Dan shivered and shook till his bones rattled. But many of the city employees only laughed at him. One day, I remember, he tackled a clerk in the public works department, who used to give up pretty regular, and after the usual question began to shiver. The clerk smiled. Dan shook till his hat fell off. The clerk took ten cents out of his pocket, handed it to Dan, and said, Poor man, go and get a drink to warm yourself up. Wasn't that shameful? And yet... If it hadn't been for the civil service law, that clerk would be contributing right along to this day. The civil service law don't cover everything, however. There's lots of good jobs outside his clutch, and the men that get them are grateful every time. I'm not speaking of Tammany Hall alone. Remember, it's the same with Republican, federal, and state office holders, and every organization that has or has had jobs to give out except, of course, the Citizens' Union. The Sits held office only a couple of years, and, knowing that they would never be in again, each Sit office holder held on for dear life to every dollar that came his way. Some people say they can't understand what becomes of all the money that's collected for campaigns. They would understand fast enough if they were district lead em. There's never been half enough money to go around. Besides, expenses for meetings, bands, and all that. There's the bigger bill for the district workers who get men to the polls. There's workers who are mostly men who want to serve their country but can't get jobs in the city department on account of the civil service law. They do the next best thing by keeping track of the voters and seem that they come to the polls and vote the right way. Some of these deserving citizens have to make enough on registration and election days to keep them the rest of the year. Isn't it right that they should get a share of the campaign money? Just remember that there's 35 assembly districts in New York County and 36 district leaders reaching out for the Tammany dough bag for something to keep up the patriotism of 10,000 workers. And you wouldn't wonder that the cry for more, more is going up from every district organization now and forevermore. Amen. End of chapter 18